Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness, there's no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. Again, I greet you all in the greeting words of peace of Assalamu alaikum. I'd like to welcome everyone to Muhammad's Mosque 32, coming out to your Wednesday night meeting. It is it's great to see you again, sir. I recognize your face from last week. Say your name, sir. Najee. Najee? Welcome again, coming to your Wednesday night Mosque meeting. Um, second time visitor, yes? You're the most important person in the room, right? Because we can only not die by making sure that you live. Um, that's our duty to take this word to all of our people outside of this building. This should be busting through the seams right now. Uh, we got a lot of work to do. You gonna come help us? Praise the Lord, okay. Uh, let me get back to where I was. Um, welcome everyone. Um, there's only one visitor, everyone else came to our, our country. This is our sovereign land and territory. I always push it that way because I want to expand my mind and the mind of the listeners to see ourselves as our own free, justified, and equal country. Um, we are that. We're small, but we're strong. Um, this is the nation of Islam, its own country, surrounded by the city of Phoenix. Um, like Vatican City, surrounded by Rome. It's not part of Italy. It's its own thing. Likewise, here we are. Um, this is a sovereign land and territory, founded by God Almighty himself. And we're holding the line to the best of our ability. So again, welcome. Welcome, everyone, coming to your Wednesday night class. Um, Mosque meetings are mandatory. We're going to work on that. Um, let's keep going, Brother Edward. As you came in, you saw the brother that was on post. I like to always say that that parking lot post is um, our border patrol. That man is making sure that our borders, our perimeter is locked down and secure. His life is on the line every moment that he is out there. He will place himself between us and harm's way. Um, just like any border patrol would do before something harmful enters our sovereign land and territory. Once you come in, you're directed to one of the two doors. I believe the sisters go in through the north door and the brothers are on the south door, if I got my directions correct. And as you come in, you enter what we call a check post, but what that truly is is our customs department, our customs division. Again, making sure that nothing harmful comes into this sovereign land and territory. Uh, we check not only for physical harms, but for mental and spiritual harms. We're, we're filling you out, right, right this way, brother. I'm not sure how it's done on the sister side, um, but right this way, brother. And a lot of other checks are being done beside the patting down. And once that's cleared, you go to the Secretary of State or the Secretary's Department sister um, at the table. We come in for attendance. Um, the visitors, you're making a decision whether to defect or not. Um, just, they still got you as a citizen of the United States of America. You're not an American, never was. But if you come with us, you will definitely be a citizen of the nation of Islam. You'll be a Muslim. You already are a Muslim. But you'll defect from that group and go back and forth on a temporary visa. That's what the rest of us do. I work for the I don't work for the devil, I work for myself, but I'm employed by white people. Um, it's what it is, uh, until I get my own. Okay, bring it back in, I digress. We fly our own flag, red flag with a white crescent and five point star, representing the sun, the moon, and the stars, the universe. Also indicating that we're free, justified, and made equal to all humanity, all mankind. Um, Yes, we're, we're sovereign land and territory. I'm hitting all of the points. Before I go any further, let's talk about one of our gross national products. If we're a country, <laughs> I did not expect that. Thank you, Brother Ramin, for firing that up for me. The best newspaper on earth. Now hit it. Oh, there you are. Independent black newspaper may have the greatest circulation of any black newspaper on earth. Um, I remember at one time it did, but we're going to pump it back up. The words in this newspaper are life-giving. If you read it recently, 
It gave life. Have you read it? Ah, we're going to get you one at the end of the meeting. No problemo. And then read the centerfold article and you'll feel the life entering into you. My word. And if I'm wrong, come back and tell me. Like, brother, that would, nah. But it, I won't be wrong. Greatest newspaper on earth. The brothers outside will be able to hook you up with one. Anyone who doesn't have it, check out the brothers. Um, it supports free and independent black education. We have our own school system. The best education in the world, Muhammad University, I've given them a plug now. Um, we kind of invented independent education. That's for another lecture. See, everybody's going, yeah, that's right. Before 1930, the Catholic Church had a handful of schools, and then the filthy rich had parochial schools. But poor people had to depend on the enemy's public school system. And then we broke ranks. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad broke ranks at Muhammad University. And it's the real deal. You want a real good education for your black child, send them to our school. Um, gross national product. Final Call newspaper is one because we're our own country. But the number one gross national product of the Nation of Islam is divine truth. I'm going to be introducing speakers. I got a whole sister lineup. Um, so I'm going to get in touch with my more softer self, feminine self, the aesthetic quality of myself. I'm going to try to. I'm not really going to get in touch with it. The sisters are going to teach me, and I'll learn later. Um, I'm still hard. But I'll be introducing sisters. Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Almighty God Allah, Master Fad Muhammad, wooed him, wooed, I got it, she's better than Google, right, fact check, I don't have to Google it, Sister Aisha got my back, right, it's a blessing, wooed, I looked this word up, let me read this definition, this is an incredible definition, where the glasses at, I wear glasses now, it's tripped out, it's okay though, there we go, to sue for affection, of usually marriage with court, similar to our courtship process. The second definition was more tripped out to me. To solicit or entreat, especially with opportunity. Op not opportunity, importunity, importunity. So I had to look that word up. I didn't know what it meant. Importunity is a quality or state of being imp importunate. That didn't help me so, but the, importunate was a troublesome urgency that I got to get this and it's very important to be wooed is one of the the last definitions was the the court of a woman now the honorable Elijah is a man in every sense of the word he said that another man wooed him this is from a spiritual perspective I don't want to make no mistake about it. I am not insinuating anything close to that. Anything outside of the spiritual side. He was wooed by another man spiritually, made into a bride of the other man until the completion of the first man, Master Fahd Muhammad, was able to pour all of himself into the second man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And then the job was complete. Three and a half years later, one disappears and the other one takes on the assignment. That act was repeated a second time with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. The wooing process. This Savior's Day will be 69 years that the Honorable Louis Farrakhan has been basically killing himself to save us, right? I just pray to live 69 years. He has been dying in small increments to save a people for 69 years and count, well, this, it'll be 69 years exactly, Savior's Day. He was wooed by another man. This wooing process from man to man is symbolic. It doesn't quite give you the full wooing process. And I'm setting up a backdrop because I got a whole sister lineup. Four sisters, four women, women, in every sense of the word, who also were wooed by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan to commit their lives to the fighting of 
this mission and this truth that we utilize to fight in this mission. I'll be bringing them up one at a time. The first one is a sister from the same group who grew up in the same city that my minister grew up in. Our minister, Louis Farquhar, grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, last week I had a Boston, Massachusetts brother, um, and I called him the Roxbury Rocker or something. Now, as I introduce this sister, it's also Roxbury, the Roxbury Revolutionary. Um, the sister is hard on certain levels, but she's soft and inviting on many others. I have an incredible pleasure of knowing her. And without any further delay from me, I would like to bring to the roster my sister, the Roxbury Revolutionary, <laughs> Sister Deborah. Y'all can do better than that. Come on. Now. Right, the, the Roxbury somebody. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Okay, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom all praises are due, and I bear witness that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is indeed his last and greatest apostle and risen Christ, leaving in his absence today our dear beloved brother, Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I would like to greet my brothers and sisters in the nation's greeting words of peace and paradise of Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for coming out. And thank you, Brother Halim, for giving me this opportunity to stand before you. It's been 30 years since I stood before a group like this. And it, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it was in, during um, the Mayor Man March in Boston. They let me open up in prayer before the brothers went to Washington, D.C. So there's a film out there somewhere with me praying to, for the brothers. <laughs> so today my, the subject is the beauty of Islam. So first of all, I want to just say, what is Islam? Islam means entire submission to the will of Allah. And its primary significance is peace. And what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had said in just one word is righteousness. So. At right now, I just wanted to give you a little backdrop of who I am because I know I came from the east to the west, so I just needed to give you all a little backdrop of who I am. Um, I did not grow up in the nation of Islam. As a matter of fact, I, my grandmother was Christian, so I did go to church, but once a year. That was during um, Easter time. That's right. That's the best time because you get new clothes during that time. And being in the projects, I mean, hey, you, you get that opportunity as much as you can. I'll go to church and get new clothes, right? <laughs> so, well, so we got like the little patent leather shoes and the little hat and everything and the little gloves and the pocketbook. Do you remember Sister Lisa? Oh, yeah. So, and I love that time. And, but that was really a time when it was a really good time for poor people, you know, during that time. I lived in the projects, but during that time, the projects did have doors. They still had doors on them. They did have, the mailboxes were still intact, and there was no graffiti on the, the walls. So that was a different time. That was back in the early 60s. And the reason why I'm talking about this backdrop of how I grew up because I just wanted to, to go forward and to let you know about how I came into Islam. So at probably around the age of 25, I, they, I got my first job downtown Boston. There were, you know, people were going downtown to work in downtown. And there's a lot of people who come through this bank. I worked at the bank. That's what I wanted to say. I worked at the bank. And there's a lot of people who just coming in and out, in and out. And one day I just saw this sister who, she had on like a blue skirt 
and like a, she had a headpiece on, but I, my curiosity was, okay, she can't be a nun, but I don't know what she is, and she's black, and I didn't know that the nuns had black people. But then when I looked down and I saw that she had on high heel shoes, that you know, got my curiosity. I needed to know who she was. So more and more I would see her each day, and, and she would have on a different color and different you know, headscarf and everything, and finally I was able to talk to her and found out that she was a you know, member of the Nation of Islam, and that was back in the 1977, 78. So pretty much I've been listening and being in touch with the nation since 1977, 78. But mind you, I still wasn't in the nation. <laughs> but it just reminded me of um, what we did in study group. This uh, phrase that um, came to my mind that you know, you had to have the attitude of receptivity. So that's how Allah uses us. He uses us, it may be his fishing hook is, is very long. It may take us a while, but he uses that that we love to bring us to him. And so it says that the attitude of receptivity is the precondition for perceiving and receiving the word. So you have to be open, you have to be willing to receive the word, even though you may you know, be far away. Just like our sisters, when they go out, they've been out for the last two weeks, even though you, know, you may not see people, you knock on their door, you may see the um, screen move, and they may be peeking out the door, but they see you. They see us in our pretty colors. They see us when, we, when the car's walking down the street. So there is a receptivity going on. We may not see it, but Allah is working in this environment. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> and also, based on Islam, I did, and there was another quote that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had said in Message to the Black Man on page 71. He said that Islam to the American so-called Negro, it is the master key which opens wide every door locked against us. And you can imagine a master key is a key that can open multiple doors that we use and have the same king system. And our servant, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he does that very well. He did that when he was speaking at the National Leadership Conference. I don't know if you remember that, but he spoke to every cadre that was there. He had a little something for all of them to study. So, and he always uses the filter of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's the beauty of these teachings. It helps us, it's our filter that we can see through this filthy world. It helps us to get through. If we have any doubts or any, um, anything that's wrong, just look through the um, filter of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. All right, thank you. And also, you know, a door is a, is a, a means, a passageway, a communication, an agreement, or an opportunity. This Minister Farrakhan has gone all over the world for us. There is opportunities. We, we really don't have nothing to be ashamed, sad about. Because Islam, the beauty of Islam, it is a universal religion. Islam is universal. We have brothers and sisters all over the world for us. They're waiting for us. Especially in Africa with the gold and the diamonds. Don't we want that? And the silks. That's where we're on our way to. We're on our way to wearing silk. Did you know that silk is a high conductor of electricity? Yes. Okay, so we're wearing the wrong kind of garments here. We need silk. <laughs> we need that silk. Just like the, well, Minister Farrakhan showed us. He had gold inter interlaid in his suit. So that we should know what, you know, we're getting back to that. Our high civilization. So that's the beauty of Islam, brothers and sisters. We are on our way to, we're right now, we're just, we're in the door, but we just have to get through with all this muck and, and mire and mud. All right. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Teach, all right. So Islam is um, it's heaven while you live. That's what it is. It's heaven while you live, but you have to get it in your mind. That's the thing. You have to feed on the word. 
feed on all the um, words, the books, the lessons for, of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Because as it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And that's pretty much talking about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's from Revelations 3, verse 20. That's the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He's the one that's um, with us. He's holding the door open for us to come in and sup with him. Okay, so thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to stand before you. And I'd like to leave you in the nation's greeting words of peace and paradise of Assalamu And let's bring back Brother Edward. One more time, please, give another round of applause. Thank you so much, Sister Deborah. And I neglected to mention what the subject of today's lecture is, uh, the beauty of Islam. The word beauty, glasses again, white man has an odd, odd, weird way of looking at life, right? In Webster's definition, a combination of qualities such as shape, color, form, that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially sight. I was struck by her beauty. That's not the beauty that we're talking about. Um, the beauty of Islam, that's nonsense. I, I want you all to look on this side of the room. Do it for me for one moment. Just turn this way. Look at the sisters on this side of the room. No nonsense on that side of the room, right? It appears not to be any. Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that 75% of the work was with the woman. <laughs> she helps me out. Uh, she is helping me out so much right now. Sometimes that can be looked at in the wrong slant. When I look at the sisters in their garments, in a business suit, I can pass for a regular schmo. Right, straight tie, no real giveaway other than the shiny forehead when I have one, um, giving the greetings. But if you are, there's no true giveaway, a guarantee that man is a Muslim. But there's no confusing the sister when she's dressed in this fashion, that that sister is a Muslim. 70% of our advertisement, if you will, is when the sisters are in their garments, are, Poof, God is real. God is a living human being is when the sisters are in their garments. So I wanted just to hit that beauty of Islam. And before I go any further, I'll be bringing our next presenter. I affectionately introduce her as the wife of our resident imam. But she's coming up here more often. She's making her own bones here at the rostrum. Without any further delay for me, let me bring up Sister Delisa, I got to pronounce it correctly. Please, come on. Assalamu alaikum. You all look so beautiful. This is, this is the beauty of Islam right here. This is the beauty. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, we can never thank Allah enough for coming in the person of Master Fahad Muhammad and giving to us a beautiful guide, teacher, one who loved us so much, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And we could never thank them both for giving to us the Most Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace of Aysalam Alaikum. I too would like to thank you all for coming out. I would like to thank our student minister, Minister Halim, for allowing me to speak before the believers today. And I, Sister Deborah, she had an advantage over me because she came up first, so she took some of my <laughs> some of my my words right out the book. So as we the beauty of Islam, that's, that's our title. 
and it is a beautiful. It's just, it's just beautiful just to say Islam and to be in Islam. It's a beautiful thing today in the world that we're living in to know Islam and to know that the God who came for us, uh, his nature was Islam. You know, his entire, and our entire submission uh, to Islam is due and thankful, thank, we thank Allah for that, um, for Islam. And when I was looking at the, um, the quality, the definition of, of a, a, a beauty, it was the quality or arrogate of qualities in a person or thing that gives pleasure to the senses or pleasably exalt the mind and the spirit. And I thought that when you say Islam, that's the first, that's the thing, you know, touches the senses and the, the pleasure. It exalts the mind and the spirit. And um, Allah is Islam. And Islam is, by nature, peace. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we as black people, that's, that's where we, that's where we come from with peace. We are people of peace and love. And Islam in its beauty is entire submission to the will of Allah God. And there are there is so much beauty in Islam, you know, when we just when you just think about the word peace, you know, it's just it's a state of tranquility and it's just, you know, gives you and make you feel secure. It gives us um you know, just a, a, a disquieting or, you know, a, a, just the oppressive thought or emotions, you know, just makes you feel, um, you know, just very relaxed. And, you know, Allah, you know, he came to give us peace, to show us and teach and, and allow us to see and know how much he loved us. Um, and in Islam, it's, it's so beautiful. Um, you know, we have five beautiful principles, or fundamental principles of Islam. And the one is, the most essential one is the belief in one God, who proper name is Allah. And what else, what could be more beautiful in a religion uh, other than prayer? And we do our prayers five times a day, but Allah initially had 50 prayers for us. Now, I, I, I jokingly said that, okay, five, five, five times a day, well, we might, meet, we might make one, but if we had 50, we might make the five. <laughs> so, so 50, I'm like, Allah, maybe you should have kept it at 50 and just let us go with that one. We have our zakat, which is beautiful, and what could be more beautiful than fasting? one of the beautiful principles of Allah and Hajj, the prince of the uh, pilgrimage. And you know, um, Islam, you know, Islam, it, it just, it feeds the soul, you know. Um, we have beautiful uh, moral codes in, in Islam. Some are kindness, and not only just kindness to people, but kindness to animals. We have the love, love, which is Allah, he's love, forgiveness, honesty, uh, patience, respect for all, um, you know, the love of Allah and his messenger and the believers. And you know, the, the code that we live by is what, it's not just words, it's what we actually live by. And at times people will come and let you know, um, that we are living by the codes of Islam. I remember one time uh, I went up to my youngest son's Shahid school, and um, I was leaving the school, and this Caucasian lady came up to me, and she says, I, says, I would like to shake your hand. And I said, oh, of course, yes, ma'am. She says, uh, you're Shahid's mom. And I say, yes. Yeah. She said, well, I wanted to meet his mom. And I said, oh, she said, you have a very beautiful son. He's kind, he's respectful, and you don't see a lot of that in the schools, you know, nowadays. And so you did a wonderful job. And he was around 11, 12 at the time, you know. But I, 
I just, I, I understood the beauty of Islam and how important it was for us to always be in that present. You know, not just in word, but in action. Because people are really looking there, you know, as Sister Deborah was saying, we may, we not, we may not be aware, but people are really looking at, um, you know, the way that we are, you know, and um, uh, Islam in its beauty. You know, um, I know that I was reared in the church, you know, and we went to the church quite often. Matter of fact, my, my grandfather on my father's side was a bishop. So, you know, we, we had a good time in the church, and it was a sanctified church, so you know how spiritual that could be, you know, and they would really do their things there. But, you know, being raised in, um, in the church, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a chance to see the beauty of, of uh, I didn't see the beauty in Christianity as I see the beauty in Islam. You know, things like, um, you know, in the church, you know, you know, we, we, we smoked. I mean, you, you, come, you come to church smoking, you drive up in the car with a cigarette in your hand. You thought nothing about it, you know. You were um, drinking, you know, eating pork. It was, it was, it was, it was, that's just what you did. And you didn't think about uh, yourself, your soul, or Allah, you just did it. But the beauty of Allah brought that, the beauty of Islam brought that out to be, to, uh, for us to understand how um, beautiful it is not to be cursing, not to be disrespectful, not to be smoking and drinking and partying and being loose women and running around showing everything that we have and thinking that we were really doing something. And now with the beauty of Islam, we know that when we're covered, how beautiful we really are, how respected we really, how respected we are. All praise are due to Allah. I remember when I first started taking my son to, uh, the first time I took him to Islam, the beauty that I seen, I, I saw the brothers greeting one another, and I'm like, wow, that is really beautiful. But the one thing that really, really captured me was I saw the brothers coming to the cars, opening up the doors for the sisters, and I'm like, oh, now, wait a minute. This is, this is really charming, you know. And uh, the first time that I went, to the to the uh, to the mosque, I literally was waiting for a brother to come and open my car because <laughs> that was just that just made you feel so special, you know, just you know, just very connected and special and appreciated, and you know, um, it was just a beautiful feeling, and I really um, in, enjoyed that. And so, you know, Islam in its in its beauty of us taking a day, uh, not a day, but a whole thirty days, what we call Ramadan to fast and to pray, you know, and to cleanse ourselves and to, to make ourselves, you know, a more fit for, uh, you know, Allah and, and to just be more beautiful. And that's just a, just Islam is just a, just a beautiful thing, you know. And our Islam, you know, as Sister Deborah was saying, you know, Islam, you know, um, you know, you can have your heaven while you live. You know, you don't have to, we don't have to wait until we die. That's the beauty of understanding and knowing, you know, Islam, you know, to me. And so, um, I don't, three minutes, did you just bring this up? <laughs> okay, what's that? Okay, um, but yeah, that was my, my beauty, and that's what I, the beauty that I see, and, 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 and so thankful to Allah for being able to, um, to have in this time um, that type of beauty that type of uh, commitment, that type of, you know, to understand what Allah, that Allah came to us in the person of Master Farah Muhammad, and that we had a, a, be a beautiful teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and we still have a beautiful man in our midst today uh, that continues to teach us and show us the beauty of Islam each and every day, and that's the most honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So I leave you as I came to you all in the greeting words of peace of Assalamualaikum. Thank you, sister. Salam alaikum. Sisters don't have a monopoly on the beauty of Islam. I just have an all sister lineup, so we kind of lean towards the softer, feminine side of it. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad 
the minister said that the messenger told him that he was a beautiful man. Um, and he repeated it. He kept nailing it home in the conversation that they were having. So you're a beautiful man. So there's a masculine beauty in Islam also. Um, my sister's got my back tonight. This is a beautiful thing. Al-Jamil is the meaning of beauty of one of the attributes of Allah, one of the attributes that are about his beauty, meaning he has the best and perfect quality. He is beautiful in his being and all of his names. An attribute of action are also beautiful. Um, this one, Jamil, Henson has a connotation to beauty, something more to research. Um, just wanted to hit, the brothers also have a beauty in Islam because um, it started to lean towards this side of the room very heavily. As I go to the next speaker, this sister, through an incredible festival in August for the um, birthday anniversary of hip hop, her moniker is, she is music, music is her life. Music is her life, I got my back up, she's got my back tonight. Without any further delay from me, Sister Ariane Muhammad, please receive her with an incredible round of applause. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace of Islam Malaika. I would like to thank our student minister, Brother Halim Muhammad, for the opportunity to bear witness tonight and make way for our sister, student minister Aisha Muhammad. By the grace of Allah, I would like to point out a few truths um, and make way for our dear sister. So with that being said, I wanted to go straight away into our book, Message to the Black Man. Message to the Black Man, we know we, we are taught in the teachings that black is universal. This is a universal message that we have. As I looked at this paragraph, or if you look into the book, you'll see that he's speaking universally about our condition. You can pick up the book and find out things about us. If you look at the person that he's um, reading or um, that he wrote this in or spoke in, anybody can pick it up and learn about our condition. So a message to the black man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, men everywhere are seeking unity among themselves. Every race of people want unity with their own kind first, except my people, the so-called Negro in America. Our condition and lack of love for ourselves must be attributed to the slave master. He has been our teacher unto the coming of Almighty God Allah. The slave master has robbed my people of their God, religion, name, language, and culture. Well, that's a serious stick up. <laughs> Been robbed. So how would it feel coming home to see your watch, your clothes, or your jewelry gone? Let alone waking up, you don't have God, <laughs> religion, name, can't speak, language gone, no culture. So all we have is what the thieves have, gi have given us. In fact, we're so far gone that we aren't even angry at the robbers. <laughs> They're giving us their version of history and historical account. We don't even know, or we didn't know, to really hate them. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad came in telling us that the white man was the devil. Now, I, was, I came into um, the teachers with my mother. My mother was introduced in about 92, 93. That's far up from sharecropping days, or coming off the plantation. But this teaching was given to us in 1930, right? So he came with that explosive truth. So since then, we've been here suffering generation after generation, living under what another man has given to us and taught us. We've been given to God, religion, names, Johnson, Jones, Duckworth. Uh, my slave ma name is Massey. We've been given the language, the king's English and the culture. Now everybody says we give flavor and style to the culture season into it, what have you, you know, we got, got swag on the basketball court, on the stage, you know what I mean? <laughs> but our condition continues to get worse and worse. And so if we assessed our condition today, if we polled our people state to state across the country, what will we find? 
What will we see in regards to our social, cultural, economic reality? With the results, show us a nation of people that are free, justified, and made equal to all mankind. Is that our current condition? Or, yes ma'am, <laughs> or would it bear witness to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us, right, about this devil, that we have a God-awful teacher? It's not that God is awful, but the one that they gave us is doing an awful job of delivering us from the hand of our oppressor. In the scripture, we know that we're referred to as dead and in need of resurrection. We're pointed out in scripture as dry bones in the valley. Now, when I, as I was thinking about being dry bones, you know, in the valley, I was thinking about how our people, we don't like anything dry. <laughs> don't give us no bland food. We don't like bland conversation. We don't even like having dry skin. That's called being ashy. You know black people don't like being ashy. <laughs> we dread ashiness. That's slang terminology, right? And so when something is wet, it's good. I don't know if you all heard the terminology wet. Like if somebody had like a, a nice uh, plate of food, we'll say, that's wet. But usually, you know, we don't like things being dry. Or if you have drip on, we know that one, right? You have drip on, drip drop, right? Then you got some nice clothes on, you got jewelry and whatnot. And so, you know, we don't, we don't want our phones to be dry. Y'all get the point. So in the book of Ezekiel 37, it talks about us um, being dry bones in the valley and one being sent to raise us. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones hear the word of the Lord. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we know that he's giving us a word from the Lord. In the scripture it says the bones rattled and shook, right? A weighty word, yes sir. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he also likened the word and revelation to water. He said when our communication is void of the Spirit of God, we start fires. If our communication is dry, right, void of the Spirit, we just rub up against each other. That's friction. Wise teacher. That's gossiping. That's backbiting. That's slandering. What is the mind doing when our communication is void of the spirit? But we have a, a, a word among us today. And that's the beauty of Islam. We have revelation. But in scripture, it was the winds that made us breathe and come to life. So I'm going to leave with this from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. In Theology of Time, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, Go to them, son of man, and call upon them to hear the word of the Lord. They're not going to hear you because they would not hear me. But call on the winds. Tell the winds to come and blow on these bones that they may live. This means war, fighting, revolution, bloodshed. Don't lose your same way of thinking in these trying times. Don't get so happy off the devil's world of foolishness lest you find yourselves like the sodomites waking up in a rumbling earthquake in homes of fire. This is from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, end quote. So because of his teaching now, because of this word, I see we're starting to look at one another and desiring to work with one another. As I look out in the community, I see us wanting to go into these little outskirts and buy land and be with each other, right? And we are a family, right? In spite of the enemies working and how they would uh, tease or try to mock the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad saying, you know, isn't it true that your people, you know, they won't listen to you unless we put our stamp of approval on it? We are, yes, sir. We don't, but we're here to teach it. We're here to teach it. We're living in this time, yes, sir. Now, we all know that we need a new teaching. Now, we need to get away from the ones who murder us spiritually, mentally, and love to murder us physically. We need to get away from the one who gave us our interpretation of God on the plantation that caused spiritual blindness, disconnection from his true return today. 
That's one of the beautiful things about Islam, is that because of this teaching, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he's just becoming more and more visible, especially to us in this house, inshallah, that he is the Jesus in our midst. Right? And that is, that's just beautiful. And so the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, with my last minute, he says that we make the hell and we make the heaven. He said, what is hell? It's a place where people are disagreeable to live with in peace. Heaven is a peaceful place where people live in peace. Every man would like to enjoy peace, though he breaks the peace and contentment in the community. He would like a contented place for himself. My God and myself, we want to see about all of that. Some of you say, I want to go to heaven. You make heaven where you are. There's no certain place that we call heaven. It's only that place where man makes peace for himself and is able to produce the great abundance of nature for his wants. When we remove evil and the cause of evil, then we are making a heaven. With that, I leave you in the greedy words of peace and paradise of Aislam Alaikum. Thank you. More, please. And the speaker who will be carrying us tonight. I want to quote a hadith uh, that talked about the beauty. Uh, this is a reliable hadith and a quote about your name saying Aisha, the wife of the Prophet Muhammad. There was competition between. Zainab and Aisha for the favor of the prophet. And it's, they were one and two. And Aisha says of Zainab, Zainab was competing with me in her beauty and for the prophet's love, yet Allah protected her from being malicious, for she had piety. This was a word I had to look up, piety. Um, it's the act of being pious, so then I had to look up pious. Pious, marked by com conspicuous religious religiosity, marked by or showing reverence for a deity and devotion to worship. Now, in this competition between the two wives, this is like what a beauty pageant, but not like our world, because in, in this world, a beauty pageant has nothing to Piety has no part in it, but with us, or with the sisters, our sisters, and the brothers, piety is a major and a very important part of everything we do. It's the number one thing, and then physical beauty would follow, physical handsomeness would follow, but if I'm not right, if I'm not pious, then I'm nothing. Um, that's on both sides of, of, of the line. So without any further delay from me, let me bring on our sister <laughs> with an incredible round of applause, Sister Aisha Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, we forever thank Allah for appearing in the person of Master Fadid Muhammad, the great Mahdi, the supreme being. We thank him for raising one from among us whom we now know is the great Messiah on the wheel, the most honorable and honored Elijah Muhammad. And I could never thank them enough for one who sits in the seat of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad by Allah's permission. And that one is the Messiah in our midst today, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. I greet you in our nation's greetings of peace. Assalamu alaikum. I didn't know where that brother was going with the word piety, but I was praying that he was not trying to describe me. By <laughs> because, you know, Allah found us all. And as the Holy Quran said, he found us groping. But we thank Allah that with a word, we have an opportunity to be purified. We're not pure, but 
we have an opportunity. The subject for tonight is the beauty of Islam. And, you know, as Brother said, that does not just apply to females. It applies to males as well. Uh, you know, the sisters are gods too. So, you know, if we speak on the subject, the black woman, the black God, then, you know, we don't feel like we have to really soften it up, but there is power in softness. To actually get into this subject as I looked at it, and I think I began like a lot of our sisters did tonight, dealing with Islam, because there is no beauty in rebellion. Islam is entire submission to the will of Allah. And as I said, you know, I'm certainly not an example of entire submission, but I pray to Allah that I am striving to submit because Allah says he wants 100% or nothing at all. When we look at this word submission to the will of Allah God, in this beautiful book, The Restrictive Law of Islam is Our Success, given to us by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. He says, we have entered into the most critical time in the history of America, in the history of black people, and in the history of the nation of Islam. It sounds like this was written in advance of today. If we reject the guide and guidance, we could lose our lives. The degree of our submission to the guide and the guidance will determine the degree of safety that we will have as we go through this difficult period. And we could certainly bear witness to those words today because we know that we will pay a price for rejection and that price is very, very high. When you look at the word decree, it means an amount, a level or an extent to which something is present. And I have to ask myself, you know, do I really have the goal of 100% submission? And can I compare last year's submission with this year's submission to see whether or not I am growing in terms of degrees? When you, when you look at the word sub, of course we know that that means underneath. And submission means to accept or to yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. Well, we know in this instance, we're actually talking about God himself. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad tested us when we first walked through the doors before any of us knew anything about Islam by stating, I remember on the flyer, we had to be modestly dressed to even enter. And I remember the sisters used to bring either shawls or long skirts for those who would come in if their thighs were exposed. And the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said if they did not want to change into what we offered them, then they would be dismissed. Because he said that was letting us know that they were not in the state of mind of submission in the first place. You know, you ask yourself, is God concerned with aesthetics? And aesthetics just mean it's a set of principles concerned with the nature and appreciation of beauty. And it says, especially in art. Well, you know, when you look at the black woman, we are the specific beautiful design of Almighty God Allah himself. And that this was a well thought out design with intention. As we know the originator, we're taught that he created himself out of the blackness of the atmosphere. And his creating himself 
We don't know exactly how long. I've heard it said six trillion years. I've heard many numbers. Of course, there was no one there to record it. But we know that it took a while. But after creating himself, now remember, this is before the creation of the sun, moon, and stars. So it is dark and cold. So when he is thinking of creating a second self, he is creating a second self that is going to be able to respond to his current condition. So look at the black woman and the woman in general that she is created as a consoler for the man. What is beautiful and maintaining his original concept? Is this important to the God? Well, we only have to go to what we were given by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the supreme wisdom. And when we turn to the supreme wisdom, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it is the original rules to the laborers number 12, because that number 12 has its special significance metaphysically. It says that the number 12 is connected to power, government, or bringing about God's kingdom. As the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples, the 12 major scientists, and the 12 minor scientists. Also 12 months in a year, and of course, the number 12, which is the main point of what the Muslims believe on our, in our paper. But look at what Master Fard Muhammad says, and it is directed to the MGT and GCC. I can sit on top of the world and tell everyone that the most beautiful nation is in the wilderness of North America. But do not let me catch any sister other than herself in regards to living the life and weighing properly. Well, we know that when we say sit on top of the world, we know that's an idiom. It doesn't mean that he is physically going to sit on top of the world, but it is actually describing a state of mind of happiness and delight. So just think about you having an effect on the God that makes him happy and you are delight to him. He also says here, but it comes with a warning. Do not let me catch you other than yourself in regards to weighing properly and living the life. Well, you know, sometimes we just say, well, that has a spiritual connotation. But it also has a physical connotation. And if you ask Mother Clara Muhammad, she said, whenever she got two pounds overweight, what would she do? She would fast. Because Master Fard Muhammad, she remembered the words of Master Fard Muhammad and took them very seriously. When you look at the definition of properly, it means in the strict sense, exactly. So I have to ask myself, am I taking this as serious as I should? Because sometimes, you know, how to eat to live is a law. The eating of one meal a day is a law for us, but I don't think we take that as seriously as the other laws that are broken. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that there's a price paid for each pound overweight. And as I look at the book that our beautiful sister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, Naturally Beautiful, and I recommend this book to the brothers as well as the sisters. It is not just a book for females. But in this particular book, she says, too much weight destroys the symmetry of the human form. That is why obesity is contrary to beauty. Beyond the health risks and problems obesity causes, it is an impediment to beauty. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad stated that with every pound of excess weight, 
we lose 1% of our beauty. So if we are 20 pounds overweight, meaning that our weight is 20 pounds above that which our height and frame was designed to carry, then we are at 80% of our beauty. And I don't think as females, we really do not want to be at any, we don't want to take an opportunity to actually cause us to be less beautiful than we really are. She goes on to say that at 50 pounds overweight, we're only one half of what we could and we should be. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad speaks on this and he says, beauty appearance is destroyed in us, not just in facial appearance, but the most beautiful appearance about us, our characteristics, the way we act and practice our way of life. All praise is due to Allah. You know, I am thinking about an example that we can see when a woman makes up her mind and she decides to change. How many of us are familiar with Angela White or otherwise known as Black China? When she got baptized, she not only changed her body, she changed her face, took out the uh, inserts that had been added to actually cause her to look, I guess it's supposed to be where your cheekbones are higher or whatever, but she didn't need that. She took that off, she took off the weave, she took off the fake nails and decided that she would become herself. So tell me about the power of a made-up mind. Also, when we look at beauty, we're not just speaking of physical beauty, but we know that Islam, as the speaker before me said, means peace. So peace is a state of mind in which our brain is calm, at ease, and untroubled by worry. Now, any black person living in America, we rarely are in a state of peace, which also means serenity, harmony, tranquility, and peace comes about through many ways. The woman is a consoler, but we're not just talking about her physical attributes. We're also talking about the conversation of the female. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan says that the electrical energy is highest when discussing the teachings of Master Farid Muhammad. So think of a man in a household and has an opportunity to discuss, let's say, at the breakfast table. I know we don't eat breakfast, but you're having coffee or tea, and you're talking about a high science, which actually helps to develop his mind farther. The Honorable Louis Farrakhan also teaches us about tone. So he tells us that to be civilized, you know, we're not yelling and screaming at the top of our lungs as women, but we have a certain tone that we use. And tone is either the vocal or musical sound with reference to the pitch, quality, and strength. And my research says that for some reason the female's voice is a little bit higher pitched than the male's. And so quite often when we're speaking to them, they will tune us out because this sound may not be the most soothing. And of course, we know that we have many more words to share during the day. They said that's what's the difference between males and females, that females have about, what, 2,500 words and men much less. But we just say that there is more to the female and to the creation of the female by the originator than what meets the eye. Uh, I was looking at something that says, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that we are the embodiment of all that is considered beautiful. Think about that, you know, as a black woman in America. I was looking at this book, and in the book, and I'll just read a little bit of it before uh, I'm finished, because I really don't have that long. 
But the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said through Sister Ava, she said, we are the standard of beauty for all women. And there is no way that we are ever going to be happy unless and until we look our best. Our skin, our hair, and our form must be reflective of a God. We learned very early in our experience in the Nation of Islam in student enrollment that the original man is the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. Since the black man is a God and we are his wife and mother, we are also gods. There is something that I just wanted to share with you because as we looked at that number 12, we're reminded that number two does not mean less than, and that we're not secondhand. Allah, God, is number one, and we are the second self of Almighty God, Allah. So brothers and sisters, I hope and pray that I have shared something with you, and I would like, I leave you, assalamu alaikum. <laughs>